1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. It's been quite a week for both of us, Damon. You are now fully inoculated against the Rona, the COVID-19. How are you feeling? Good. It's pretty weird. Um,
0: again, New Jersey hit the ball out of the park on this one. Uh, and usually we're a state that's so muddled in red tape it's, it's it'll choke on it. But we hit the ball out of the park. And it was a smooth process. I even sat down and I don't know, it just, and Cheryl was was like, and I kind of, when I got back in the car, I kind of got a little bit overwhelmed with it. Like, I was just like, wow, that was a historic moment. Um, And it was. So uh, we feel good. Cheryl yesterday was very tired, like very tired and kind of achy and kind of out of it. Um, I think she's feeling better this morning. I talked to her for a second. Um, I felt a little bit off yesterday, but um, as I was telling Joel, I'm not sure if it was the vaccine or the three beers that I had before I went to bed. So not, not 100% sure where it lied, but um, it's good. And uh, But me aside, Joel, let's add to the layer of fucking just a horrific stretch run you have you this is you're going to turn the corner i promise you it's going to turn you're going to turn the corner but um man i felt so bad so uh as i talk about something that i'm not really talking about why don't you talk about what happened to you this week uh
1: basically on thursday little esther was unwell she had a high fever um we gave her some cowpaw like some some baby's paracetamol and she had a little nap and she was seemed okay after that but then a few hours later she she started shaking and was crying it was, it was really it was upsetting because obviously Mally just goes hysterical <laughs> when this sort of thing happens so she's like holding Esther and sobbing like, <laughs> like oh my god so we decided to just go to the hospital and uh, it turned out Esther had a, a urinary tract infection apparently it's pr- quite common in little girls when uh Poo goes in the lady bits. Uh, oh. <laughs> You've got got to keep that all clean. Yeah, it's like a pool. Um, it is like she, a pool. Yeah, yeah. She was she was fine. Like uh, she, by the next day, she was pretty much back to back to her best. Just a little, little bit of a fever, but these hospitals, you know, once once they get the pre authorization letter from the insurance company, then they're just like, right, let's try and bleed these people for every single. Dollar and cent we can get. So the doctor's like, okay, well, I, I don't want to let you leave until we've had 48 hours without fever from your daughter. I was like, oh, whatever. So uh, you're going to have to hold my hand through this episode, Damon, because whilst I did watch all of these matches, most of them were watched on my phone whilst I was uh following esther around the ward holding her her drip her iv while she oh. went sort of rampaging around shouting at people in her little hospital pajamas uh so we're she's she's absolutely fine now we're back at the hotel so uh fingers crossed everything's everything's okay i'm sure she's fine but uh yeah it was a, a, a testing week let's put it like
0: that yeah man you can't catch a fucking break um yeah, I'm glad she's okay. One, obviously, um, and two, I hope mom and dad are okay because yeah, it's always a nice little nice little jolt to get the adrenaline going. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I gotta. Can, can people just collectively hold hands and send Joel some karma? And by karma, I mean money. <laughs>
1: so just make him feel better. If I have a gift do a prayer circle just <laughs> everyone hold hands right you have to, uh, any idea what
0: this guy's going through in the past year this has turned into a telethon for joel <laughs> um, i'll be jerry lewis uh hang in there man hang in there i mean oof. i i i would i i don't i you're a strong dude because I don't know how well I ha- would handle all like everything that you're going through, and I hate to like remind you of everything that you're going through, but I would hate
1: it. Like it's just um, hang in there, ma'am. Hang in there. Look, luckily, I've got New Japan Pro Wrestling to keep me smiling, and uh, you know, cheer for my favorite wrestler, the Great Okan, as he takes on Toriyama. No way he can lose that, surely. I mean mm. if if he lost then that would be it. that would be the last draw for me I I'd, I'd have nothing to keep going for but uh, as long as the Great Okan is still in the New Japan Cup and is not eliminated then I will keep fighting Damon Well you're
0: fighting right now so uh you know but we, that might change in
1: about 5 minutes but just hang on
0: just hang on that's all
1: yeah of course you, you listeners listening to this from the future uh, you will be appreciating my use of dramatic irony there because uh well, I've just seen the result of said match, Damon. Do you, do you want me to tell you what happened? I'm not looking at the uh, the the, the stream, but sure, go
0: right ahead. Please tell me that the Great Okan has defeated Torriano.
1: Uh he has not, oh. in a shocking upset. Torriano, the the master thief, bullshit man, whatever we're calling him, has won. So that's it. Great Okan is done. He's donezo, out of the cup, and um that's that's all from me. Goodbye. Oh no, please. See you. <laughs> no I right, I- let's get on to that late because that's put me in a bad mood but um, oh my god let, i'm gonna I, I open up with a question because this right. is something that did, did make me smart atari legend says after john moxley was burned to death by sparklers <laughs> do you think that new japan should strip him of the iwgp united states title for being part of such an embarrassing fiasco and span ahead 29 says did the ending of revolution remind you guys of any bad bedroom experiences <laughs> um it didn't particularly but now that you
0: bring it up um yeah, what a what a fucking nightmare scenario! Like the worst case scenario that could possibly happen
1: happened on that. And and here's the thing: I tell you what, that that would have, sorry that would have been great in a KPW match. Yeah, that was that's like a, a Yano style exploding barbed wire death match. That would now the see, but that would have been fantastic because you would expect that from
0: uh, Yano. Um, so yeah, that would be great. I I, I look. Again, worst case scenario where you have what I thought was a, a pretty well worked barbed wire match. Um, I mean, the, a lot of the times those things are not that great. Those matches, um, and the explosion again we're not ex- we're not blowing up the fucking ring, but we're trying to make the visualization of an explosion that happens to be surrounding the ring with the dust and the clouds and all that. Um And the sirens and the countdown. And, I mean, they, they ripped the, the playbook straight from the finish anyway. They ripped, ripped this the, right from uh, many a um, FMW exploding barbar bar match where, you yeah. know, it's always Anita who, you know, after a hard fought battle, he doesn't want the guy, you know, that he respects at least to get blown to bits. So he's going to cover them and they're both going to walk off triumphantly in the night. And probably make out <laughs> a bloody Onita and Terry Funk making out in the, in the dressing. Um, but you need the explosion. I mean, that's, that's what people are there for. That's what the hype was for. And, Oh, what a, what a, just a, just, just a, a dribbling cum shot. <laughs> it's just a, just a blackluster, just, blah, 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 blah. um, uh, have I ever had a bedroom experience that would be like that? Boy, I'm sure I have. <laughs> I I bet you Cheryl would be a better one to talk, but she could have rattle them off on her head. Um, I probably tried to block them out. Um, mm, there have been times, well, does, let me ask you this. Would drinking nights count? Cause there have been drinking nights where like, I would just be like, I just, this this is not going to end, so you you might as well just roll over and go to bed now, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> right? That, well, you've had that, right, Joel? Uh, yeah, I, I think we've all been there. Right. Right. My my worst thing maybe I talked about this before on the podcast. One night I walked the entire length of Brighton. I don't any listeners who've been there um, from one end of the, the the city to the other to uh, hook up. what I thought we going to be hook up with a uh, a lady and I arrived and five minutes later she fell asleep. So I ended up walking back home. So <laughs> oh. I suppose that will be a, a good <laughs> equivalent to how this uh, exploding ring went about. Oh my God. Yeah. Well,
0: I've had plenty of that. Like I've had stuff where it's like, you're on the phone with a girl and like, I had a girlfriend who kind of a girlfriend, a girl kind of singing. Um, And I would work late. I would work until about like 11 o'clock at night, but then we would get, I would get off work and I would pick her off, pick her up. She would like, Climb out of her house to – I mean, I was like – you know, this is like high school, you know, like 17, 18, I guess. Um, but I would work in a movie theater and I would get home um, and I would pick her up and she would have to sneak out of the house a lot of times. She would have to climb, literally climb out of her window, <whistles> down the roof, shimmy, shimmy down the drain pipe and into the car. Boop, away we go. Um but there were been planning nights where she's like, "Okay, I uh, can't wait to see you." Blah blah blah. we will see you in a bit. Okay, all right, see you. And then I pull up, and you know, we had, I had to pull a little side way, you know, a little ways from the house, just to not wake up anybody. And we had a designated spot, and uh, I'd be waiting for like an hour. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I and mean, it's not like you had cell phones back then either, so it's not like you could just ring her up or text her. So you just wait, and it's just like then it becomes a part of. All right. Do I cut my losses? What? You know what? And it sucks because it's like you, it kills you. Like people don't know the fucking struggles back then. Joel is like you can't just send a text and be like, OK, well, I'm out. You know, I'm going home, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And see where your other friends are. And if, if anybody, you know, the old you ups <laughs> go firing out. Um, you didn't have that. And it ruined your whole entire fucking night because everybody else is elsewhere. And you don't know where anybody's at. You have no way to get a hold of them. But the fucking struggles we went through. To have sex is unbelievable.
1: <laughs> it's really, it really, really was. If you really think about the logistics of how we got laid, it, it's... everything was harder back then. Video games, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers. Once you lost those five lives, game over. That was it. You're going back to the beginning of the fucking game. No checkpoints there. Kids these days.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. It's like everything. Like again, just think about the idea of okay, you you have to ask a girl out in person. You have to, or you are just hanging out and it just happens. Okay, great. You're at a party, whatever. Okay. And, but still you have to make it happen. It doesn't just fall in your lap. You got to fucking work it a little bit. And then, then the idea of, okay, so where are we going to go to make this happen? And then, okay how do I make this happen again? Is probably the harder part. How do, how do I, the logistic, what's your phone number? And then they give you your phone number and then you got to call them and then you got to actually talk to them. And then you set up something to do and then you got to meet at the fucking pizza place and then you got to fuck, it's,
1: I feel like I'm talking from the happy days or something, but. I, or calling their house and then their dad answers the right, phone.
0: Right. Right. Nicole, the phone's for you. Right. <laughs> The fucking horror. Ah, oh, you trying to fucking make some make some headway here? And like your brother picks up the phone? Brian, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Why am I doing a whole well, someone tries to
1: connect to the internet, the dial-up while you're on the phone. <laughs> I'm on
0: the phone.
1: Oh my goodness. What are we talking about again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dating in the uh, late 80s, early 90s.
1: All right. uh, okay, well, Liam says, hey, who do you want to see fight in an exploding barbed wire death match? So uh, g- give me two New Japan wrestlers who you think would do, do well and that's... as good a job, if not better than Kenneth Omega and John Moxley did.
0: I, I, and again, just to be clear, I thought they did a good job, minus the, the, the fart in church, as I like to say. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. The, rest, the wrestling part of it was tremendous. I thought it was really good. Um,
0: boy, Moxley's a, a good guy to pick. I mean, if, but I, if I can't pick him...
1: Uh Despi, Deathmatch Despi.
0: I'm giving you Desby
1: and Shingo. He seems like he was up for it. Shingo would be game. struggle.
0: Yeah. How about Suzuki? How about Suzuki? You think Suzuki would be yeah. decent? You think Homma can still go? <laughs> he, he did a couple days yeah. ago he did. Um But then you want to put like somebody who's not like a fale, I think would be pretty great in something like that, because it is just all just, you know, pounding on each other hot again. Um, You know, you don't really have to do too much in the sense of you can make it work and not have to be, you know, worry about stars, you know, (laughs) you're just kind of brawling and shit. So
1: I don't know. Those are the people I would pick. All right. I've got a question here from our friends over at keeping it strong star who gave, my uh, humble question, top billing last week, so let return the favour here. They said, what's the likelihood New Japan or Bushiroad audibles due to the fan backlash and incorporate the lineage of the IWGP title to this new belt? Any smoke to the rumblings? Um, MGMT knew this unification would be received poorly and chose Ibushi to, uh, management, knew this unification would be received poorly and chose Ibushi to take the heat so that's from a young boy Josh and along similar lines classic catchers how does the backlash to the news about the intercontinental heavyweight belts compared to the backlash that led to the fan poll for Wrestle Kingdom 8 could this backlash lead them to them changing their minds I may have read that last week I don't know my brain is just complete mush at the moment but uh, now you've had a week to digest it Damon you, your thoughts about this title unification lineage and possibility of New Japan backtracking over this
0: I don't think they backtrack because I think this is a booking thing um, and, a, and, a, and a, here's how we're running the promotion thing as opposed to the other things that they may have pulled back on in recent weeks. Um, uh, now I think I, – I, I don't th- – look, again, they've merged titles before. Um, companies have merged titles before, very important titles at the time. And I know everybody's kind of up in arms of, oh my God, the intercontinental title is going to be merged in the history of the IWGP. I get it, but it's happened before. Um, I, I don't like it. I kind of like what we got. I think to me, there's not a title out there that has the, the strength of history behind it. Um, like these have, and if we're going to just push that aside, the biggest challenge I have with this whole scenario, Joel, the biggest challenge I have with this entire process is why. Like, to me, they merge those titles back then – because there were promotions that were merging and 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 money's being exchanged and all that fun stuff working relationships and shit like if you were going to do that with like again I'm going to throw out a fucking nonsense idea but if you were going to th- do that with like the ring of honor world title and the IWGP heavyweight championship okay great there, that this is I just don't see the end game in this. Like like you're doing this for what reason? Because there's a storyline that we've won two belts and now one person wants like the champion just wants to do it. Like
1: in the real world, like like, wouldn't they be like, well, no, we're not doing, you know what I mean? Just we don't. Okay. We're- well, just hold that thought, Damon. How about this as a possibility from Chris? He says, could the merging of the belts and the backlash from it lead to a heel turn for Ibushi? Let's be honest, Ibushi isn't the greatest promo, and he seems to struggle with all things champions should be doing outside the ring. A heel turn might do the trick. So what do you think of maybe the idea that this is a vehicle to turn Ibushi heel for it being his wacky idea that led to this unpopular decision? I mean, do you think that's heel worthy? Do you think people are
0: would hate a pro wrestler or at least boo a pro wrestler
1: because they did that? Like, that seems like... No, nah, nah, the heat's on the company, isn't it? Like yeah. we, we all know that this has got nothing to do with Ibushi. He's just the lightning rod for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to put... It that, I mean, at the very least, they have a guy who has a history of doing hairbrained things and wacky ideas. But again, the idea of the champion saying... Okay, uh, I'm going to merge these belts. (laughs) What? Um, Like the whole idea stinks on ice. And truth be told, it has stunk the second the three count went down and Naito won those titles. Like after the the pop of the crowd and the the jubilation that occurred, that title has gone considerably downhill. Has it not, Joel?
1: Uh I've I was kind of on the fence about the, the unification of so I thought it was a really cool way to give Naito a first time thing that he can hang his hat on, like you, he was the first ever double champion. But then
2: the but fact then that he didn't, didn't care about it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Like nothing makes sense in this fucking thing. Like they I understand that they painted themselves into the into a corner. know what it feels like it feels like they did this idea and they had no way to get out of this idea like there was no like the booking like the page in in the booking sheets the the famous notebook ran out of paper and there's and they just like we're like i will figure it out when we get there and nobody figured it out (laughs) like nobody figured out how they were going to get out of this jam but this is a pure 100% booking f- snafu, right? This is, this is all booking. And they, here's the thing. They could change it, but they keep digging the fucking hole deeper. Like, okay, we, just, we opened the show with, with the dud of, of, of the exploding uh, barbed wire death match. And the explosion that was just preposterously hilarious. But at least they had two guys get out there in a promo. And I don't know if you heard it or saw it or whatever. Try to make sense out of it, right? Try to fucking put a spin on it to at least save this fucking thing. And they put the two best guys that they have that do promos. Uh, try to fucking connect the dot. We've got a double championship that now we're going to nobody... Nobody wants this. I don't think they're going back to answer the question, Joel. I don't think like fan backlash is going to make them stop. I don't. But and I could be wrong, but I don't. Um, They had years to find a solution to this, and some of them were quite easy, and yet they plowed along. Not, I just for a company that we praise about their booking, and for a company that we praise about how they specifically. Handle that championship title. I, I've sat here for three, four fucking years talking about this title and how prestigious it is and how they protect it and how the, and now it's just like, bah, bah, we're, we're, you know what I mean? Like it's just preposterous.
1: Now I'm worked up over this. Now I really don't like it. <laughs> okay, maybe we should uh, change direction then. let's talk about Wrestle Grand Slam so we had announcements that they're going to run Yokohama Stadium May 15th and then Tokyo Dome on May 29th so a few questions about this We stiff says Chris Charm keeps hinting at big things ahead on post show comments what could possibly be installed to allow New Japan to run two stadium shows within a fortnight presumably off only a fortnight bill post on Taku and Daffy Dunk says since Wrestle Grand Slam got announced do you think guys from AEW like Mox and people from Impact like Anderson and Gallows could show up at the Dome show so what was your feeling about these two uh, Dome shows that have been there? I was shocked. I was, sh- I, I was shocked because,
0: one, no one told us. <laughs>
1: I know. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that. I mean, that's number one. Uh, we legitimately did not know. So I guess they wanted to keep it even a secret from us. Uh, two...
1: I suppose that's the sort of thing I couldn't have fudged, is it? Like, you know what, Damon? You know what I think would be good: two miscellaneous dome shows in the middle of May. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. There was no, uh, yeah, there was no hinting. There was no suede concert there in Yokohama. That's for fucking sure. Um, the uh, it's, speaking of preposterous, <laughs> boy, we 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 might we might want to put that under preposterous uh two two stadium shows what in god's name are they going to put in those shows here's here's the thing they have to bring in outside people i feel like they i feel like they have to because what do they have in their back pocket that is going to, to be important enough for not one two
1: baseball stadium shows Do you think they really that fussed about the attendance? Because some fans have been uh, discussing and looking on this like this is just trying to get as many shows as you can, as much content as you can to make up for lost revenue. And they don't care whether they sell it out or not.
0: Um, I mean, I think they always care. Like whatever tickets they put on sale, they want them to be sold. Um,
1: No, I mean, they they still... But they're, they're not worried about the optics of... You know, quarter field stadium or whatever. Maybe not
0: as much as we do here in the West, but like they still have to pay for the show. It's not like they're walking in and saying, "Okay, we got a baseball stadium for free." Right? I'm sure that there's rent on these buildings, um, and I I would think that it's more expensive. Just the production, the stage setup, the uh, uh, concessions. The rental – all of the above, right, is more expensive than running, I don't know, fucking Ottawa Gymnasium. I just – the idea – and here's the thing too. What we're doing now in this is we're watering down the importance of Tokyo Dome shows and outdoor shows. I mean, these shows should be really the the end of programs that can draw and have people excited and fired up, right? I mean, that's I mean that's the idea of these big shows in the history of pro wrestling, whether they whether they're panned out or not. I mean, that's usually by the gate and you know fan interests and all that stuff. So, but the, the the goal is that, right? I just I, I'm 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 baffled by this one, like the idea of them, th- the idea of the, the the arrogance of New Japan to think that they have a show in their back pocket um, to to deliver two shows, two shows. Right, right. within In a fortnight. Right. I mean, they have to be bringing in somebody. Don't you think? Give me give me. Give me what you think could possibly with the roster that they have that's going to headline that that the, those shows
1: I don't know maybe this is the time you if if uh the travel allows it this is when you want to have uh, your forbidden door spectacular. who knows <sighs> I mean. There and actually, actually, having said that, no, I don't think so. Because one, is that a draw for domestic fans? I'm not sure it is. And two, if you're not able to get any Western fans over, then what's the point? I don't so know. So I'll just talk myself out of it.
0: I th- I would think that, th- that a Kenny return is more important in the United States than it is in, in Japan. Now, that being said, I think overall... It would. It's not like the the, the like a, like like the 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 hometown Japanese fan is going to hand wave that the return of Kenny Omega, like that. That that would do well. And of course, here it would be berserker. You know, like people would be going nuts. Um. Look, I know we're we're just speculating and we're just spitballing here. But two shows, two stadium shows, like they can't headline these fucking shows with, you know, a bushy evil,
1: right? Well, maybe this is just speaking to sort of, because of the the restrictions on capacity and state of emergency, all all that, uh, the downgrading of certain shows and certain venues. So previously on Osaka Joe Hall with uh, a spicy card and good builds could get you... I don't know 11,000 fans in the building. Now Osaka Joe Hall is doing what 3,000 if that. So things like Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall or New Beginning in Osaka Joe Hall is not as valuable to New Japan as it once was because they're not getting in the kind of numbers that they they want or they need. So maybe this is just their way of getting in that Dominion level crowd, but they've got to do it in a stadium because they can't get that number of people in Osaka Joe Hall.
0: Yeah, I mean Look, if they're looking for a, a number and they have to consider the fact that they're going to be limited with capacity, I mean, that that is true. But once again, like I said, I mean, we're kind of watering down these these big shows, aren't we? Back to back. Mm. Look, I, I appreciate the balls that they have. I just don't know what the fuck they're going to put on top. That would be that anyone would consider it stadium worthy. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and you know what? And maybe I'm talking to myself out of it now, Joel, but I don't think they fucking bring
1: many people over at all. I'm <laughs> real down here, aren't we? Okay, let me throw another question at you from uh, Boozep. Coming from Nicole, he says Does the running of Wrestle Grand Slam, where Best of the Super Juniors would normally be, uh, an indicator Best of the Super Juniors is moving, or do you think these will somehow incorporate Best of the Super Junior shows? Um, I-, I would be leaning towards maybe Best of the Super Juniors being in the same place it was last year, although I'm not really certain at all. I mean, that,
0: uh, uh, yeah, I-, I don't think they would put it. I can, I can be dead wrong. It is logistically. Why not put it there? But, um, that I think, but you're not headlining the the best of the super juniors at a stadium. I mean, that's going to be like third down, right? Like if you're running a stadium show, right? Third from the top. Joe, I wish I knew. I wish I, I wish I had the fucking answer, but like to me, I don't know. Again, you can't put, you can't have Ibushi Sonata <laughs> you know, running, running any of these shows. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, that's what's troublesome. Like when we go into Wrestle Kingdom season, you, we know, okay, our main events are top, we know the top three matches pretty much, a, a long time away. And, you know, you can get hyped for it and you can debate on which – but you still felt like you got a a – I have no idea. I fucking have no idea what they're going to put on in these shows. Not a clue. And here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but G1, they're not the Olympics, right? And The Olympics are are happening in Japan. They're not bringing in fans like from other countries in – but the Olympics are happening. So G1 is moved. Like, you don't even have the draw of that. Like, you could do a G1 final. I don't know. I,
1: I have no fucking clue what they're going to do. Well, let's move on to talk about New Japan Strong Then an episode that I think was notable as much as for who wasn't on the show as for who was on the show. I'm talking, of course, about the uh, news that a lot of people were expecting Marty Skull to appear at the end of this episode and he didn't it seems that they've cut that from the the recording so there was supposed to be a post-match angle with Marty Skull of Rocky Romero after Rocky's match with Leo Rush and that did not appear on the feed so I think we've got to say the right call to cut it out very disappointed that we got in this mess in the first place that happened that they, they were put into this situation that they thought was a good idea to book him in the first place, but right course of action to get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, I know people are upset by that too, that it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but
0: I want you to strongly consider this. This is pro wrestling and this would have never have happened. Never have happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like it just, it it, it would have happened. So the fact that, um, many people's voices were heard and the company recognized it is a positive thing. Right now. Um, I, I, I went on a, a rant kind of call, not kind of calling them out and saying at, at, at every turn, the company has has not stepped up to the plate. Has not done the right thing. Um. And 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 again, maybe it's sometimes it a company or a person or whatever needs to be shaken a little bit to be like, oh, I, you know, oh, okay, I didn't know. I, not that I didn't know, but I, you know what I mean. Like they just need to be fucking rattled to be like, okay, oh well, all right, we're not doing this. So. Again, while the one side is, and I can say it is that shouldn't have never have happened Two, it in in the pro wrestling world. The fact that it did happen is pretty remarkable. Um, And I have to give credit to New Japan for at least waking up from their stupor um, and doing the right thing eventually.
1: Well, it was a pretty good episode of New Japan Strong, all things considered. The opening match saw the return of Alex Coghlin and Carl Fredericks, and they beat the team in Kevin Knight and Clark Connors. That was really, really good. I'd I'd recommend people watch that because Coghlan and Fredericks have been away for a while and they came in with the energy of a couple of guys who were worried their spots were going to get taken. So there was a a lot of uh, ferocity and intensity in this match that I really, really enjoyed. Some amazing feats of strength from Alex Coglin. So I would strongly recommend people check that out, Uh, no pun intended. Um, Then we had a couple of qualifying matches for the New Japan Cup USA with Tom Lawler defeating the DKC. And I really like Tom Lawler. I think he's a guy that New Japan should be doing all they can to, to sign and and get him over to Japan as soon as they can because he just brings something a bit different to the table with his mixed martial arts backgrounds he just he, he wrestles in a different way you uh, know different rhythm and, and structure to his matches like for example this match started with him just kicking the DKC right in the face and sending him flying across the ring and some really good um, submission work throughout the match good good transitions good scrambles which you don't see from too many wrestlers these days so uh, yeah big fan of Tom Law. I would love to see more of him and then we had a really good main event with Leo Rush defeating Rocky Romero and another New Japan Cup U.S. A qualifying match in 13 minutes uh, 57. And just about what you, you'd expect from two really talented, high paced, high flying individuals. Uh, great arm work. There was a really creative spot in the match where Rocky was out of his depth and he could tell he was losing. And then Leo Rush went for a handspring, and then Rocky. Kicked Leo in the elbow as he was upside down, and and his elbow buckled under him, and then he started working over his elbow. So I I really, really enjoyed that. And Rocky Romero is a very versatile performer because he can do that underdog babyface stuff where the crowd behind him, like when he's wrestling against an El Phantasmo but then he can also be the kind of you know shitty crafty veteran who's going to use some underhanded tricks to get his way past someone who he knows is, is better than him so really good stuff and again leo rush continues to impress me he again we've said it a million times they, they've got to do what they can to get him over to japan for best of the super juniors at least because he could breathe a lot of new life into the uh, new japan junior division um mark says do you think there's any chance we see any aw or impact talent in this new japan cup usa on strong uh impact possibly i I don't, I, I wouldn't rule out either, actually. I don't think you're going to get any, you know, top tier main event level talent wrestling in the New Japan Cup USA and, on Strong, but it wouldn't shock me to see names from either company popping up for that. No, me neither. Me neither. Um, you know, you're the, you're the
0: guy who tunes in every single week for Strong. And I will say that I do parachute in um, for you know stuff that's a little bit more newsworthy, maybe. Um, but every time I do pop in, it's always good. Like it's never—I'm never disappointed with it. Would you say, being that you've watched more than I have and more than other people, I'm gonna—I'm gonna throw out a a a thought here. Is Strong the best episodic pro wrestling show going right now?
1: For my taste, yes. Because there's none of the shenanigans or melodramatic stuff that is not to my taste. I mean, it certainly is to others, but it is just pure wrestling. You know what you're going to get every week. You get three high-quality matches that don't overstay their welcome. The only thing it's lacking is a hot crowd, really. And I think if you put that stuff in front of a crowd, then it's going to get really good responses because it's getting better. Continuity's getting better. They're getting better at having something to make me think, oh, I've got to check out next week's episode. So, yeah, it's a really underrated show. And I'm not just saying that because it was hand several months ago. I think, you know, it was a bit of a chore to watch. But now they've got really high-level talent on there. I was watching that opening tag match with Fredericks and Coglin and and um, Connors and Kevin Knight and thinking, you know, these are really, really good wrestlers. These are wrestlers that would do very well in, in other North American companies. And New Japan have got to make sure they make the most of them there. And added to that, the big names like your Tom Lawlers, Chris Dickinsons Leo Rushes. There's really a lot to sink your teeth into. It's fresh, it's exciting. You're not seeing, uh, you know, mid-carders who have done done everything in New Japan, just going through the motions and spinning their wheels there, which you did get to a certain extent with previous tapings here. You've got new names, you've got young up and comers and you've got people from independence or other promotions who want to get their chance in New Japan. So people who actually give a fuck who are trying really hard to, to impress people. And I enjoy it.
0: I mean, it sounds, and again, every week you're here and you, you, you do the review and every week it's like, "Okay, this sounds like a show that is right up my alley, and it sounds like a show that's right up a lot of people's alleys. what what's missing? Like why is it New Japan just not able to promote it strong enough? is it like why is it why is it still continuing to fall under
1: the radar?: I think it's the empty arena. I think people don't want to watch that anymore. Yeah. I think that is the big disconnect. I think again, if you put that in front of even a small audience, but, you know, hot, hot crowds making noise, then I think people will start tuning in regularly. You know, people are starting to get in, in
0: buildings. Uh, you know, I'm covering hockey games now, Joel, and they're letting in like 3,000 people into this fucking building. Um, and that number is only going to get higher and higher. I mean, they, they, they announced in Texas, uh, Texas Rangers baseball. So stadium holds about 50,000 full house. There will be no restrictions. And now, again, it is Texas, but, but uh, full house. Um, other sports, letting people in. I don't know what Cal- – they, they tape in California. Um, I don't know what their restrictions are, but man, the minute they can they make that happen, they got to be all over it. And even if they just gave away fucking tickets for free, and that's what they really should do. Give those tickets away for free. Just get a hot crowd in there. Yeah, these shows sound really good, man. I I tell you, I I mean, here's the thing, too. And, well, okay, I I was about to say, like, it's on Friday night, and Friday nights i am probably got my hands full. But, um, and it's on the fucking network. I can watch it anytime. I can watch it fucking anytime. So, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more diligent that because it sounds like it's something that I need to watch. Here's what it is. It sounds like something that everyone – Needs to watch, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah,
1: we've got another couple of uh, New Japan Cup qualifying matches next week with Hikuleo against Jordan Clearwater and Fred Rossa versus JR Kratos. So two uh, big beefy boys that I'm looking forward to that one. I think that'll be good. Uh, so let's get on to talk about some of the uh, Japanese based wrestling. I know it seems like a lifetime ago, but we should talk about this anniversary event from uh, Thursday, March the fourth in uh, Budokan Hall. Let's talk about the main event, which was the IWgB Heavyweight and Intercontinental Double Championship match, where the champion Ibushi successfully defended against El Desperado in 20 minutes 36 via Kanagoye. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who I can about this match. Uh, I, I liked it. I didn't at any point buy that Desperado was going to win, which you know, compromised some of the uh, the dramatic integrity of the match. Uh, but I thought Desperado acquitted himself really well. Um, I was not sure about him kicking out of the Kamigoi as much as I like him. It seems like everyone's kicking out of the Kamigoi. I I would have been perfectly fine with him just eating the regular knee pad one and getting pinned after that, but, uh, it made him look good. So uh, I guess they want to make your junior champion look strong as well. And it was also interesting to look at it through the lens of the Suzuki-gun dynamics, where we saw Taichi uh, ringside providing moral support for Despy and then after the match sort of Stroking his head and going, you know, and like, you did well, man. Good job. Um, compared to several years ago in the, the 2017 Best of the Super Juniors, when there was a really dysfunctional uh, Despi versus Kanemaru match with Taichi and Taka in the corners and everyone was bullying uh, Despi. Taichi was giving him all sorts of grief, and Despy got really upset in that match. So it was good to see the the development and growth in their their bond and their relationship. Because you know Suzuki-gun, that's all. That's the the heartwarming. That's the the fuzzies, the warm fuzzies, huggy <laughs> faction now. So uh, good match, Damon. What did you think of it? Yeah, that's what I would say. Good match. Um, I don't think it was great.
0: Um, and I and again, some of that might have to do with the fact that at no point was I on the edge of my chair. Uh, in, on any of the near falls or anything like that, it just you know you kind of knew where this was going to lead. Um, that being said, again, I thought it was a good match. I, there, I I am under the, the the same banner as you when it comes to making. Got, not everybody has to be Superman in these world title matches. Right? It's okay for him to eat a finishing move and take the pin. Right, It's perfectly fine. And, again, you're talking to two guys who – well, one guy who's a massive El Desperado fan and another guy who is very much an El Desperado fan. So, um, you know, we want the best for him because we're fans. But in the grand scheme of things, like I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um I don't th- I, and I don't think that would have hurt him. like I don't think you needed to give him that extra layer of uh, credibility. like I think he's already built that um unless they they want bigger things for him. I don't know, but they've done that in the past too with those anniversary shows in the June you're just having you know extra fighting spirit to be able to to kick out of a finisher or kick out of something that spelled near death. Um, I don't want to like, do you feel like the the crowd or did you feel like, I don't want to say it was a letdown, but do you feel like it was a situation where the crowd was, they knew too. And, and even though their, their general disposition is root for the underdog, do you kind of feel like it felt that way in the crowd too, and that hurt the match?
1: I can't remember. I mean, the, I, I feel that um, trying to gauge crowd reactions when they're only allowed to clap and draw conclusions from that is—it's
0: tough. Man. Clutching
1: at straws, really. I—I I, I don't know if I would be able to really say too much about that.
0: Will this match be in anyone's discussion for match of the year?
1: Uh, I can think of a couple of people. Uh, yeah. Our friend of the show, Jay Michael, is definitely, uh, I, I think there's a good chance of that because he is a huge fan of both guys. I don't know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it in there just for the sort of significance of it and, and being the second Budokan Hall main event for El Desperado. But uh, will it be in my top 10? Almost certainly not. Probably not for me either. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is that disappointing? Um, is that disappointing for you? I wouldn't say the match left me disappointed, no. Okay. All right. No, I thought they were, they were fine. It was a really good match. Very good. Very good. Not great. But, and I wasn't expecting a a transcendental match because, uh, these, well, one, I never thought Desperado was going to win. So that is, it was sort of handicapped from the start, really. So, um, I do want to talk to you about the attendance for this show. So Andrew says, is New Japan getting outdrawn by stardom during the Budokan doubleheader, something that will turn heads internally within Bushiro? Ditto for Noah, doing over a thousand more fans than them uh, during the worst stage in the pandemic to boot. Will it do anything to stop the current trend of last minute card announcements? So yeah, your thoughts on the attendance, Damon? I mean, I I do, I, I should say that the, the stardom judging by photographs of the stardom, Attendance compared to the new japan one may lead some people to question the veracity of the number that was uh, released for that particular stardom show I'm, I'm not saying i believe that to be the case i'm just saying that that you know that that discourse is is out there if you choose to peruse it so uh, do you think any serious concerns about the attendance for this show and m- may it cause new japan to think hmm, we should start promoting stuff a bit further in advance now
0: well, it always helps, right? It, I mean, to me, the idea of not knowing what you're getting yourself into a handful of days, you know, you're buying a ticket blindly. Um, now, I, I would say that New Japan has a very good track record and in in delivering in those scenarios, but, I mean, you are at a disadvantage. Now, the fact that, okay, if we do take those numbers as gospel, then it is eye opening that's for sure right it is something that that might help support that theory of you know going in to a show and not really knowing what, what it's going to be two or you know a week ahead of time is is troublesome but they were kind of what are they going to do you know what i mean how how you, they were they were they were left holding the fucking bag um in this with the injury to Hiromu, so I mean how how would they have been able to fix that I guess is my question
1: I guess if you want to go with uh, the, the Dave Melzerisms, I would file that under promotional malpractice rather than creatively bankrupt <laughs> if, right. if we have to go to, to one of those extremes um, alright well we're 50 minutes into the show let's talk about the New Japan Cup then uh, Louis says my brackets broke on night two <laughs> hello darling come here come and sit with daddy um Thanks a lot, Gotto. How are you guys doing with your brackets? Yeah, I, I, I got I, I did pick Tai Chi to go through. Uh, I'm sure there was a, a another few that I got wrong as well. There are a few coin tosses, but uh, yeah, my, my brackets are fucked. I've got really? <laughs> there's no way I'm going to win. I think um, Chris Samsa, who who is hosting our pickums, I think he's actually top at the moment. I don't know how it's going to shake up with uh, today's upsets, but uh, yeah, how are your pickums holding up?
0: Uh, I mean, my, again, keep in mind that I, I'm terrible and I did, never did submit them formally, but I did them on the show. So there's a public record of them, right? Um, I, I think I'm doing well. I ha- I mean, I had Cobb, um, I had Ocon in the first round. I had, uh, Fale, I think, um, I lost there. Uh, not think I know I did. Uh, I believe I went with you with Tai Chi, like a dope. Um, and uh, I had Shingo, and I, oh, I had, picked Juice as well, so I got that wrong. Oh, uh, I had Suzuki, and I and I had Kenta, and I had Will, and I had Zach, and I had Yuji Nagata, and I had Sonata. I think I picked Chase Owens. Um, I had Yoshihashi, and I had Jay White. So maybe two or three that I've shit
1: the bed on, but not overall, not that bad. <laughs> Excuse the noise. Uh, big picture thoughts on this New Japan Cup, Damon. I mean, I'm really enjoying it because... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come, come and join the podcast? Come SMR. on. Get her on here. She's just walked into the room with a teaspoon and she's very excited about that. I um, would be too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say up until the show that we've just watched, uh, I thought... I, I was really enjoying the shows. I mean, I'm not watching the undercards. I'm just watching the cup matches and they... Uh, n- none of them have gone over... 25 minutes I think uh they've all had for the most part pretty clean finishes they've been well worked this is exactly the sort of stuff I want to see from New Japan so I think uh, by and large they they are really delivering a, a very good tournament so far especially compared to last year's which was a bit disappointing
0: yeah um
1: I don't think there's a first round
0: match that I completely hand waved like every match uh to me at least try to give me something. Um, And, and, you know, you go into a, you go into a show with, with Fale and Yano, right. Uh, Or even Finley and and Chase to a certain degree, or Yujiro and Yoshihashi. uh, You know, you, you could easily hit that fast forward button and not lose any sleep over it. I think that every match has been at least Good. Um, and dare I say, I think we I think it's, uh, safe to say that there have been matches that have been great. Uh, you know, uh, if, if we're, if we're throwing flowers, I think Okada and, uh, Shingo was fucking great, great. Um, so I don't know how anybody could be disappointed in this first round. I mean winners and losers aside like i think everybody's putting their best foot forward on this one um and again matches aren't overstaying their welcome um they're quick if you're if you're not watching the undercard and trust me why would you um i don't think there's anything terrible now again is there shit that I'm like? Ugh, I wish they wouldn't do that. Like this whole fucking Tenzon thing, where he, they forget the you know that he's not supposed to do the Mongolian chop. Yeah, okay, great. But the biggest sticking points that everyone has fucking had on on this, you know, in the past two years, the outside interference, the bullshit, the nonsense, the fucking I, I, that's been kept to a to a minimum.
1: Um, Until today's show,
0: <laughs> if you're oh not a fan no, of that may, really? maybe you,
1: you might want to give Thursday show a miss
0: <laughs> oh no really uh, is that the evil uh Cobb match?
1: yeah, shocking, I know that the evil main event did not have a, a crystal clear finish, but oh. um,
0: yeah. you All right, well you don't give the finish you know, no, i, I, I
1: I'll take that though. If we have one person in a bracket of thirty two or thirty rather to be doing that i'll I'll allow that, and I didn't mind it as much. Today, given that I was delivered pretty much clean finishes for all the other shows I've seen, so it's about doing this stuff in moderation and not giving me an entire fucking card of it like they did at Castle Attack Night One. But, um, right. yeah, it's, it's been good stuff. So, um, uh, Bash says last year we got no preview tag matches in the New Japan Cup. Do you think they should have stuck to the same format this year, even though they're fans and the Tenants now? No, you, you've got to have the undercard tag for the live fans, but I'm not watching them and, um, you're not either, right? No, no, I've not watched not right. Okay. Well, I, let's you know, give uh, our
0: yeah. Uh, unless something like, if I see something generally newsworthy occur, I'll watch. But like, I'm not going out of my way to watch fucking mm-hmm. Suzuki Goon against Gabriel Kidd, Homa, and uh, Uremra. Uh, that's not that Yeah.
1: Yeah, damn right. Those those days are behind me, Damon. So uh, let's give our quick thoughts on these first round matches. Then, so we had uh, Cobb versus Kojima. Let me let me get the result of this one. So this was also at the anniversary show. So uh, Jeff Cobb defeats Satoshi Kojima, eleven minutes fifty seconds, with Tour of the Islands. I thought this one was was really good. Uh, Jeff Cobb just continues to look like a beast. They're doing um, a better job at coming up with creative spots to highlight his power and his strength um, for example him catching Kojima in midair that was really spectacular and, and again little touches from Cobb's side to put his opponents over like he was going all out to stop Kojima from removing his elbow pad which is showing you know he he respects and fears the Lariat because he got pinned by the Lariat castle attack so um, just uh, more and more I watch Jeff Cobb he's reminding me of, of Gary Albright the way he's really starting to be able to ragdoll pretty big boys he was doing it against evil tonight as well and really good finish as well where Kojima was about he was uh powering up the lariat the strongest arm and just ran straight into Tory of the islands that was done really well so uh, yeah good stuff Cobb versus Kojima I liked it
0: i tell you what Kojima owes uh the empire a, a little a little something backstage maybe a couple beers after a show because they have helped him have a sneaky good year as the kids like to say like he's had a pretty decent fucking year so far hasn't he Like, like, we always talk about these guys can still go, you know, um, throwing Yuji Nagata in that mix, too. Um, Yeah, no no
1: one was expecting a Wrestle Kingdom singles match with Kojima.
0: Right, right. But it's like this, like, he's had a sneaky good year. Um, Cobb, the thing that stood out to me this week, and speaking of... and. one of these nonsense multi man tags was it Master Watto the way that he fucking just tossed him around and then finally threw him into the tour of the islands there's there's a thing online it like you watch it and you will watch it again and again because you're just amazed at, and again there, co- some cooperation from master Watto um you know is is needed to make to pull this off. But it was like, flip, up, down, flip, around, turn around, boop, toward the islands. <laughs> it's really, really impressive. Go out of your way to try and find it. It's really good.
1: Yeah, he also did a lot of that in the Evil match uh, tonight, which was quite impressive because Evil's a big lad, and he was just, you know, doing like a... Belly to belly, uh, you know, release suplexes. Just uh, uh, there were some spots where he's lifting up uh, Evil and um, Dick Togo at the same time. Just he just looked tremendous out there. I really hope they've got something planned for him because I think his over the last six months or so, his ceiling has skyrocketed. Yes, if that makes
0: sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there there is value in Jeff Cobb. There, there's absolutely. And if you look back, you know, not the last G1, but the one previous where everyone was kind of like, <laughs> you know, not, not a lot of praise being pushed his way. I feel like it's a night. Like, he feels motivated and he feels, I mean, you know, getting, getting the old, the nod from the company helps. But, um, like, he looks just <sighs> like not a guy going through the motions. And. Like, he just feels energetic. Like, he feels... <laughs> that's 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 a great Okan touch, I think, you know? It's like, that tag team helped spark him, and now, now look at him. Yeah, I hope they have things for him. I hope it's not just a... He's not just going to be a mid-card feeder to the stars.
1: We also had Great Okan defeating Tetsuya Naito in 20 minutes, 20 seconds via referee stoppage. Um, I thought this was great. I mean, I loved yeah. it so much. Uh the, the chemistry between these two very strong characters was great. Like Okan just glaring daggers in, into Naito while Naito does does his like slow-motion undressing, and then Naito just taking the piss out of Okan throughout the match and mocking his pose. And just the way the match played out with Okan using his his power and his strength to counter Naito's his moves like his flying forearm, his tornado DDT, and and just like dropping him straight on his face. And and Okan is not you know hugely jacked, ripped, muscular guy like other wrestlers on the roster. His, his physique it kind of reminds me of um like uh, the, these Mongolian sumo yokozuna like um. Kakuryu and, and Hakuho, where you, they don't, you know, they don't have like, you know, the shredded six-pack bulging muscles all that, but they've got really um, surprising, un, un, unexpected strength. And that came through in this match for me, the way Okan was able to just like stop some of Naito's high-flying moose like dead in midair and just just absolutely plant him in, into the mat. And
2: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring
1: the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network. He also did a really good job in this match, mixing up the knee work with that to execute. Counters at really key moments in the match, like very very high level stuff. You know, this is it wasn't like filler work. You know, oh, I'm just going to work on his knee for two minutes while I catch my breath. It actually played into how the, the match twisted and turned and, and how the momentum changed. Like you can tell, Okan is a real student of the game. He's a very intelligent man, and it had his moments of, of being explosive as well. Like the flying lariat down the stretch, that was really exciting, and then. Naito kicked out of that, and I just didn't miss a beat. He went straight into the knee bar. You know, there was no pulling faces at the camera. Oh, no, he kicked out. It's just like, bang, straight into working the knee again and just chaining the submissions together down the stretch and chopping Naito while he's in the submissions, screaming in his face. It was, it was incredible. I really love this. I thought... Naito did a great job selling it as well selling was brilliant he was like Naito licking his lips and then desperately looking around for the nearest rope trying to scramble over like his life depended on it and then eventually the referee calling it off a great way to end the match and the post-match was just as good because Naito spent the entire match making fun of Okan and then Okan just turned into this belligerent asshole and, and gave, gave it all back to Naito taking the piss out of his you know the, the eye gesture that he does Um, the young lions having to prise Okan's arms off of Naito he's throwing the young lions out he's stamping on Naito's knee and mocking him stealing the ice packs throwing them on the floor It just from start to finish I know I, I talk about it a lot and, and I get it there's lots of people who are not into him and it's just I think it's one of those things now where it's divisive if, if you don't like him I don't know that he can show you anything else that's going to bring you around it's just a, a sort of stylistic thing if you don't like it you don't like it and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong or you're stupid for not getting it it's just a, a question of personal preference but personally this guy has quickly become uh, one of my very favourite wrestlers in the company I thought this match was tremendous yeah I, I did too I, and and I think the biggest
0: challenge that people have with him is that, like, I had a conversation and I, I, I with someone the and I mentioned the fact that I really do think he is f- tremendous, and they kind of looked at me like like I was out of my mind, and I was like like okay, no, he's not Shibata, no, he's not fucking Okada, no, he's not fucking Ishii or Shingo, like he's not he's not that guy. He's this, which is, which is very much different f- from the guys that I mentioned stylistically and in-ring wise, but th- to appreciate what he does do and what he does really well for a guy that's very young in his career is pretty amazing. Um, I still love that fucking entrance. I'm telling you, I think the fucking entrance is, is it, 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 if it wiggled one way or the other, it could be silly. And ridiculous, but it's not. It's cool. I really like it. Um, I'm gonna, I agree with everything you just said. He got a win over Naito, his biggest of his career. And you can't tell me that's not a significant win. Not, and the way that he won, right? And, and the post match where he's just throwing fucking young lines through ropes and just being a badass and devastating and, and a, a fucking tornado that, that tore through town.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. He just lost a Toriano. Yeah. That's that's the next thing I was going to talk what about. What the fuck I, is this? I, oh, I
0: don't understand. How do you can't know? believe it either. <laughs> yeah, Esther Esther's losing her mind. Like, how... Like, just from a... You just gave a guy the biggest win of his fucking career over a made guy. Over a made fucking guy. He didn't get a tap out over Gabriel Kidd. You 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 did this to a made guy. Like that's what's
1: baffling to me. Like what how does that make any sense? Well, I guess if you were in charge of booking and Let's say, for sake of argument, you are definitely having Evil going through to the semifinals. Then you've got a decision to make about Okan. Do you have him have the fluke roll-up loss to Yano or then do you have him lose to Evil in the next round? Which one of those
0: is... lose to Evil in the first round and that's where you do the bullshit. Like, if you're going to give a fuck finish, that's where you do it. To have a guy who's just you know, on a roll and he beat Naito and he's chugging along and he, and he could dominate this match and then he gets fucked over by evil and, and Dick Togo. That's when you do it. Agree. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Instead you have a shit. Was it was a roll up. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Some sort of, um, fluky pinning combination.
0: That makes him look like a boob, right? Makes him look like a boob. Makes him look like a fucking idiot. Like, uh, what planet are we on? What, what, what planet are we on? How can... Uh, does that seem simple to you, Joel?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have been the way I booked it. And no. I know people say that a loss to Yano doesn't really hurt anyone, but just it just cut off the momentum from that big nighter win at Budokan Hall. Just cut off right at the knees. And unnecessary. Put, you know, if that's going to be a problem for you, put Okan in a different set of the brackets where he can go through a few guys and not have to lose to fucking Toriano. Ah! That's right. so annoying, I mean, look,
0: Damon. And here's the thing. The, the idea of Toriano always getting the, you know, he can get a surprise win and Tanahashi's fallen victim to him. And, you know, there's many guys that have just, you know, Gotten that fuck up. Oh, okay, uh, I, I, I hear people saying it. But did, like that's not going to hurt
1: Hiroshi Tanahashi.
0: Yeah, way, you, you don't do but. it to
1: an up-and-coming young guy right? who's just got his, what, his only singles? No, his second singles win of his career post-excursion.
0: I mean, again, he didn't just get past the first round by beating fucking Tenzan. You know, or you know, just you know, somebody who's in this
1: fucking tournament just to be a placeholder. Yeah, It'd I mean, I guess you could argue guy. that he, yeah, he he got his rub, he got his signature win over Naito, so it didn't really matter whether he went out in the second round or or the quarterfinals. But I mean, personally, I think it would have been more beneficial for him to go against Evil and, and run him close and make himself look like a badass before getting overwhelmed by the numbers. But maybe they didn't didn't want to tell that story too two matches in a row with Evil because that was very much a story they told against Jeff Cobb I thought Jeff Cobb yeah he, he did really well he literally <laughs> carried the match <laughs> um, so maybe they didn't want to do that and then do the same story again against Okan I think it would have worked because you know you could have Okan as like you know trying to get revenge for his uh, fallen empire comrade and coming closer you know I think that would have been better than the yellow bullshit loss but what do I know Right, if Eva's going to be the guy that's going to be the cheat-to-win guy, right, and he needs
0: the, to cheat to win, why not establish it and go all in? I, I, I don't know, man. I, that, like, that's I, – I, and this is not a, a situation where it is, oh, my guy didn't fucking win, so now I hate it. That's not it at all. It just makes no sense. No, is anyone going to remember that, that Okan beat Naito? by by now losing to Yano. I think so. I, I think oh, that yeah? was a really memorable moment. I hope so, man. I really hope so. Because they, because here's what they've done. They done. Here's what they've done. Here's uh, what they've done. They've done everything in their power to make you not remember it. Let's put it that way. Like. A roll-up win over fuck... Yeah, come on.
1: Mm. All right. Well, let's move on to... <laughs> Toriano defeating Bad Luck finally in five minutes, 50 seconds by count out. Uh, best thing I can say about this match is that it was uh, only five minutes long. Yep. Yep. It was.
0: <laughs> it was, it was, uh, we talk about, you know, Hey, listen, it wasn't terrible, but it was just, you know, it, oh, five minutes of nonsense to me. it's just, you know, I'm more, I'm more, I, I can't, what does this company see? Like, with the like Toriano for all the 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 ranting and raving we we do, they give him wins. They, they like they put him in scenarios where he he has a spotlight. They they do like
1: him. They do like him. That's uh, for sure. The main event on that show was Hiroki Goto defeating Taichi in twenty two minutes forty three seconds by GTR. Uh, David this is the match that I was imagining when I made all those cartwheel death Deathmatch predictions three years ago I think this was the best iteration of any potential Chi versus Goto match I thought this was really really good like there there was no bullshit Chi looked really angry and pissed off and was just choking Goto constantly there was even a great moment where Goto was setting him up for the GTR and Chi put his hand up and grabbed Goto around the throat and managed to choke his way out of that and just at the, the back of they were hitting each other so hard and dropping each other on their heads this was really really great stuff david
0: yeah i enjoyed it a lot um i stylistically i'm kind of more excited for shingo and goto right knowing that if shingo were were to go on like if i were to have the choice I think Goto and Shingo is more maybe stylistically uh, a match that that I could get. But here's the thing. Taichi, can, can, well, he could fucking go. I mean, either one. It just seems weird. Like, Goto just fucking sits in the shadows all year, and he, you forget about him. And you probably shouldn't, especially in situations like this. And I think Goto's there to put over Shingo. I mean, I don't think he gets a win, but... Um, I don't know. Goto to me is dry as toast and it's, uh, it's hard for me to get excited over Goto. I mean, again, assuming that it's a Shingo match, I'll take it and I think it'll be very good. He's just one of those guys where I'm kind of like, it's hard for me to get excited over Goto.
1: We had Minoru Suzuki defeating Tom Markey Honma in 40 minutes, 54 seconds with the Gotch-style power driver. And Honma is a guy that we, we give a lot of shit because often he looks like absolute crap uh, in tag matches and multi-man matches. Yet, weirdly, when he gets these singles matches, he always seems to put on a good show, doesn't he? He did this time. That's for
0: fucking sure. Like, I like this match had was better than it had any rights being. I mean, you got, uh, you know, a 50-plus-year-old... Suzuki And is probably not that far off, to be honest. Uh, And and we all know Honma's medical history. Uh, This was good. I really liked this match. Um, Again, with Honma playing the underdog, playing the guy who's not going to back down from Suzuki. And Suzuki, I don't care what anybody says. I'll put his chops against anybody's. The way that he, the sound that he creates with those chops and those forearm strikes, like the pop that you hear is unbelievable. And then there were shots, you know, open hand shots to the face that echoes around the building as well. Um, This, this, look, this, I don't, uh, this is a guy that's not taking any of those shots. So please take this with a grain of salt. But, but like, I, I, The fact that they were smart enough to say, okay, we're not going to do anything too high risk here with Honma. Uh, We're not going to get crazy here. We're going to hit people very hard in hopefully safe spots. Um, And they fucking delivered there. They were smart about it. They teased dangerous spots. That's for sure. And the pace of the match, I thought, was faster than I thought was even humanly possible. I loved it I thought this match was really fucking good well laid out well planned um they made home uh, you know g- they they gave him moments where it looked like he could pull off the upset um kukeshi's aside um and it delivered uh this was one of the this was one of those matches that was going into it I didn't expect a lot uh they over delivered by by a mile and uh, and I don't know how they did it. <laughs> but, no, I do know how they did it. They they did it smartly. They did it smartly. Um, no, I love that a lot.
1: Uh, I've just seen the Road to Wrestle Grand Slam tours. <laughs> uh, May Uh-oh. the eighth, Korakuen Hall. Uh, May the tenth, Korakuen Hall. May eleventh, Korakuen Hall. May 24th, Korak Hall. May 25th, Korak Hall. May 26th, Korak Hall. Can... Oh, so it's oh a theme God. here, Magic. Right. I don't want to get bogged down in that. I just thought it was funny that I'd share with you. Um, next match, let's talk about Kenta defeating Juice Robinson in 17 minutes, 17 seconds with the game over. And, Damon, I know you just want to talk about that Snowboy tweet, don't you?
0: Holy fucking shit. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out person. Snowboy with the multiple eyes, right? With that fucking monster avatar that we talked about from that show. Chunky um, yeah um, maybe, and it's funny because earlier I had uh, sent a text message to the great Andrew Rich who I find to be one of the funniest guys I know um he had a tweet um with uh it was it muda doing a handspring elbow that did not quite deliver uh effectively and you know in the middle he Put in like a, a knee exploding, and that was pretty funny. I was like, "This is this is maybe your greatest work." I texted him. Uh, unfortunately, the crown is uh, and the title title reign for Andrew Rich is short lived. Very short title reign for tweet of the year because this snowboy, holy fucking shit! Every time I look at it, and every time I read this tweet, I don't giggle. I cry laughing it is the funniest fucking tweet i've ever seen in my life now it may it may not land for everybody and that's okay but it is it's just a fucking unbelievable creative like how do people's minds get these references just so quick and be able to piece it together in a tweet to be like oh my god that's it and it, what I'm talking about is his tweet about Juice Robinson, and his hair is all discombobulated, nor, like over and above what is normally discombobulated, and it's kind of flattened out. Like the big, the big tuft of hair that he has is kind of flat and 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 parallel with the ground, and then it's these big tufts of hair, and he has this, this kind of like puckered face. And, and, do you have the tweet in front of you, Joel? I don't know if you do. You don't. Do you have- uh, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: can I can get it. It, so for those people, what he's going to do is he's okay, referencing... George, I read it? Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, Jewish Robinson looks like he just hugged what he thought was a sexy lady, but was actually just several sticks of dynamite tied together <laughs> in a dress and a wig that then exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: you want to see them in the fucking Looney Tune, you know, the Wally Coyote. And it's exactly what it is. And I swear to you, it is the... F- every time I fucking read it and see that picture, I fucking die laughing holy shit what a great oh just oh my god just I'm, i'm going to take that tweet and frame it and put it in my fucking bar just so every day i can read it and laugh just a great just a great tweet great tweet
1: I was just looking at the replies and there's another one that's maybe burst out laughing this, this is a really obscure reference but if you know you know uh, this is a drawing board real underscore masters he says Juice looks like Dr. Dulcim just let him out while the Shadowloo guard wasn't paying attention so if anyone's watched the Street Fighter movie they'll they'll get that reference but yeah uh, okay so Bash says does Juice's new gear remind you of a jack-in-the-box my first thought that came to mind was juice-in-the-box not a euphemism or a court jester or uh, one of those joker-playing cars you see in a pack of cars yeah it's, it's definitely an extremely uh, Juice Robinson look but I thought this match was really good Juice was angry angry Juice is my favourite Juice really stiff strikes they were they were laying into each other love Kent's shotes or his slaps or whatever you want to call them uh, Finley yelling at ringside had a bit of drama to it as well uh, some transitions a little bit sloppy down the stretch but it didn't affect my enjoyment of the match I thought this one was uh, a lot better than their G1 match yeah me too um, I thought it was really good um, look
0: I can't, I, little, I'll touch on Juice's look for a second. It's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying to no end. I don't I don't like it. And here's the thing, he's a guy like he's like an attractive guy, right? I think people would, would agree. He's an, he, I would put it under the category of attractive. But he's the guy that intentionally tries to make himself look goofy and wacky and maybe even ugly himself up just because he's so attractive and he knows he can do it. That's annoying to me. Like I hate those people. Those people who like who have like a like a shitty mustache. You know what I mean? You're just like, "Ugh, okay, we get it. You're so handsome that you can have a shitty mustache and pull it off. Great. You're so handsome that you can have the worst fucking hair on God's green earth and still be attractive. We get it. Fine. Um why? Why is that? I don't know why that makes me very angry, but it does. It makes me very angry because I feel shortchanged. Um, match was good. Match match was very good. Um, maybe the best singles match we've seen from Juice in quite a while, don't you think?
1: That's what I said. I think the the best one I can remember since uh, maybe even the John Moxley match one at the best of Super Juniors final. Mm. Yeah, I mean we'd have to go back a little
0: bit. We'd have to go back. I mean, it's not like he spent a lot of time doing single stuff. He, you know, we spent a lot of time with Finley doing tags, and then he's out of the country, and then he's. But it's been a bit. It's been a while. Um. Yeah, I would. I would put it up there. You know, in recent memory, as one of his better ones.
1: Sure, absolutely. All right, serious business now. Shingo Takagi defeating Kazuchika Okada, twenty-three minutes fifty-eight, with last of the Dragons. You're applauding. I'm applauding. This is everything I want from. A basic New Japan main event didn't go ridiculously long. We had uh, the kind of wrestler who will push and drive Okada into having a a great main event and not allow him to sleepwalk his way through matches. As as I thought, the evil match was in in long stretches during Castle Attack Night One. We got cocky Shingo. You know, he's doing the rainmaker pose, getting in Okada's face. He's you know playing up to the crowd, enjoying their applause he's the only person, God bless him, Shingo Takagi, that actually sells the money clip well and makes it look effective when he's doing that sort of puffed out cheat, one eye close, he's sort of eyeballing the ref, you know, don't you dare call this one off and he's, you know, d- doing his absolute best to hold on. His selling is just so good, Shingo Takagi. Um, the reversals and counters, all of them were just pitch perfect. Incredible stuff.
0: Yeah. R- r- and, you know what's funny is that, um, Right around this time, like maybe it, but it might, might have been even that day, you saw uh, Big Dave tweeting out and talking about how uh, you know, Okada's struggling with some back issues. And I think everybody kind of knew that's the case. And even on commentating, it, it, I don't know if you listen to the, to the English side, but Kevin Kelly was kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, it's not something that he's going to have to have surgery for. It or, you know, You're not going to. He's just got to work through it and blah, blah, blah. But it felt to me like he, Okada was a guy that – like even from the, the, the moment the bell rang, that he knew he was like, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put on a fucking really great match. Like, uh, like I'm, I, I, got, I got people yapping about my back and how it, it's, it's, it's hurting their enjoyment of my uh, – okay, now, now I got to show you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and he delivered. He delivered big time, and 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 if he if he is hurt, which he probably is, everybody's hurt. But I mean, okay, if, if he's hurt, uh, he's going to work through it, and he's going to be able to deliver in spots. Do I expect him to deliver spot? You know, these type of matches, Cork and Hall on all those dates that you mentioned? Of course not. That is not going to happen. In fact, dare I say, I would prefer him not working any one of those shows i he there's no reason for him to be there zero none stay home get work on your back go see the trainer get a massage get a fucking hand you i don't know what you got to get relax muscles any way that you need to i don't want to see him on the shows there's no reason and let's save him, let's save him for bigger shows. What do you think of that?
1: I completely agree with you. i um, a bit... Strange to see him continuing to work this tour. With the well, not strange. I mean, it's to be expected, really. But I would have liked to see him now that he's been eliminated. Just you know, go home, take it easy, go go, go do some fishing. We've got some questions about this. Uh, Owen says, "Are you concerned about what kind of condition Okada is going to be in ten years from now?" Looking back yes. at guys like Misawa and Kobashi, who were broken down by their mid thirties, New Japan should consider if they want to run Tanahashi's successor into the ground like this. And Dr. Gary says, "Do you think the reported back issues for Okada changed the plans for the cup after his promo after the evil match?" It sounded like he may be in for a good run. Joel, I've said it a thousand times on this show to go
0: watch New Japan World's documentary on Okada right before the Dallas G1. It is an eye opening, eye opening uh, documentary on the struggles of that man who technically should be in the prime of his life. He can't even get out of bed. He can't even walk, let alone get out of bed. And that was two years ago. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's he he is hurting physically hurting. He, I mean, he talks about it in the documentary. He, he can't sleep. He can't sleep. There's only so much the body can handle, man. And all of those guys are the same way. Tanahashi's not the same way. And here's the thing: Tanahashi's had he got more years on, on Okada. Yeah, it's it is a concern, but that is a concern and, and a risk and a dare I say a an exchange and a deal that every one of those guys know getting into this that profession. Right, it's a, it's a thing that is understood that there there is a price to pay working this style for X amount of years. So as much as we love these matches and as much as these matches made us fans, know that physically these guys are putting it on the line to pay up later in their lives. That is a fact. Now, there are guys that have managed to find a way to beat the hands of time. And there are guys that went all in and crashed. Um, But yeah, but that's the price of of a 30-minute, 35-minute, what was it? I don't even forget the number, 14, 15, 18 title defense run of great matches against a a myriad of opponents, Uh, all of which (laughs) – you're paying a toll physically. So to answer the question, is it concerning? Absolutely, it is.
1: Let's uh, take a moment to throw some flowers at Shingo Takagi. Uh, Chuck says, since Shingo has put out consistently good matches, how far does he go in the cup? Is this the year of the dragon? Do you still think Osprey wins New Japan Cup or G One? I think Shingo makes the finals. I do. I, my, my, me too. I, mean, I, I think he's got a good shot winning. I think if we do get the Shingo Osprey final, that's a, a coin flip to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and let's keep in mind here, that's a big, you know, that, that's a big win over Okada. I mean, let's, let's think about wh- what Shingo was doing two years ago. You know what I mean? Um, this, that, that is a very significant win in, in G1. Now, who, who do we got? Goto next? If fucking Hiroki Goto beats Shingo, uh, I'm gonna jump off a fucking bridge. Is what's gonna happen? Because between that and Okan, I don't know if I'll be able to handle myself at that point. Like if Shingo, Joel, if Shingo loses to Hiroki Goto, we got we got problems here, don't we? Right? Am I wrong?
1: <laughs> when we next recall, we're gonna have like a, a Yano versus Goto <laughs> semifinal. <laughs> right.
0: right. Right, I mean, they're not going to—they're not going to have two of their biggest stars in the past ten years do two jobs to guys that they're trying to make stars, and then have them get beat in the second round by
1: Hiroki Kodo, Toriano. Uh, by the way, we're fifty percent there. <laughs> no, seriously, though, I mean, I think if—if if there is ever going to be a time to pull the trigger on Shingo, this is it. I think. Yeah,
0: let's 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 build some momentum. Let's get a, let's get him a win over that. I mean, seriously, to 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 win the cup, he would have to beat Okada, which he did. Goto, um, you know, you've, you're if we're speculating, uh Osprey.
1: Um I mean, that would be it, right? One more
0: what do you uh, Evil? More?
1: Would it we would have to presumably go through Evil get in through. the
0: semis? Uh yeah, yeah. So so yeah, correct. Or I mean, let's just say Hot, well, no, he he would have to beat. So he beat Okada. He'd have to beat Goto, and then he would have to beat the winner of Suzuki Kenta, and then beat yes, evil, yes, you're right, and then beat evil. So that's a quite a that's a that's a that's a bracket to get through, right? You're beating some big names. Yeah, let's make a fucking star. You know what I mean? Let's make a fucking star. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that we're going to see him beat Goto. I'm afraid that we're going to see him beat, well, just Kenta or Suzuki. And then he's got evil. And that's where you see the fuck finish.
1: How gutted would you be? Christ. <laughs> don't, don't do this to me. He's already broken my heart once today by uh, knocking out Jeff Cobb. Um, no more. That's enough. <laughs> um, all right. Next match then is Gabriel Kidd and Zach Saber Jr. So Zach won in 17 minutes, 21 seconds via triangle choke. And, you know, flipping the birds while he's doing it. I think it was something Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz. He did that. It was one of the Diaz brothers, I think. Um, so this one was really good, Damon. This is like a kind of a throwback match with a lot of grappling. And, and I was surprised that Gabe Kidd lasted so long. 17 minutes for a young lion against an established guy like Zach is nothing to turn your nose up at. No,
0: nah, no. Nah. And and again, a really good match. I was excited for this one. This was one match that I had circled. I penciled, right? Um, again, Zach is so creative with a lot of his spots that... And, and there's so many of them that, I, that it's hard for me to even remember. But I just remember watching this match and being like, why doesn't every wrestler do that? <laughs> right, right. It just makes so much... Oh, uh, somebody sent out... It was a... Um, a gif of um, the Boston Crab. So Gabriel Kidd has has Zach in a Boston Crab, and Zach. So he's on, Zach's on his back, legs are in the air. <laughs> Sounds pretty hot. Um, Pre flip over for the Boston Crab, and Zach grabs his own leg, you know, both hands and tugs to remove it from being held. It was just like this is the simplest fucking thing in the world. Why doesn't everybody do that yet he he did it, and he did it like it was like, yeah, of course I'm going to fucking do that. Great job, love that. Lo- I like that one, and I'm glad that, that that I don't even know who did it, but pointed that out because I like sitting on the couch, I was like, that's that's great, perfect. Um, yeah, this match was really good and it, like it was better than good, I thought. Um, is this a four-star match, dude?
1: Yeah, I, I would give it that. I thought it was I, I mean, tremendous. I I'm really, close really to that. chemistry. I just, I like the, the way Gabe was almost the he sort of muscled up a bit. So he was sort of trying to physically overpower Zach and it was Zach's technique that was getting the, the you know, t- turning the match in his favor. So yeah, it was really, really compelling, I thought. Yeah, I was into
0: this match from the jump. Um, again, I didn't think that there was any chance that we were going to see Zach not win, but um Gabe Kid is fucking good. Gabe Kid is fucking good. Um, yeah, I, I dug this match a lot. I really I really enjoyed it.
1: We have Will Ospreay defeating Hiroshi Tenzan in 13 minutes, 37 seconds with a Stormbreaker. And, and again, Tenzan is one of these guys who I would put in the same category as Honma, who... You know, you might handwave in a multi-man, but when he gets the tap on the shoulder, you know, inexplicably, he can still go and he can still put on a, a really exciting and compelling, a, a, you know, emotionally engaging main event because I think at this point, everyone's cheering for Tenzan. Everyone wants to, to see him win and get one over, over cocky Osprey, even though you, you know deep down it's not going to happen. But um, again, I thought this one was really, really good.
0: I thought it was good too. And, I, and uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think Osprey was pretty great in this too, one too. Um uh, I know, I know, we'd like to turn the screws to Will, but but he's he's helping make these Tenzon matches more than watchable. Let's put it that way. Um, again, I don't know why we're doing Mongolian chops, dude, and it's
1: like it like it never yeah, even that happened. sucks. That really pisses me off because it, it's just going to condition us as fans to hand wave these stipulations. The next time there's a stipulation like, you know, the loser of this match got to do XYZ, I'm going to think mm, really? I'm, I'm not buying it. Not after, You know, you get your fingers burnt, don't you? And here's the thing, it, it, you do, and
0: it's like, if they can explain it away, all right, maybe I'll fucking swallow the bitter pill, but like, there's there's no explanation of it. It's just like we're he's doing it and he's not getting this like, you know what I mean? Like there's no explanation of it. Like it's that, like, I mean, maybe there's a payoff later down the road. I don't know. But like, don't you think new Japan is not really known for these kind of issues, but this is, this is not good. This is not good. Not good. I, I don't know. I, I, I know I'm complaining about a Mongolian chop, but it's it's more of the the idea that, OK, you spent a lot of time building up the idea that loser can't do this. And n- it, now it's losers doing it and we're not even acknowledging that he's why he's allowed to do it. It's just like it never fucking happened
1: Yeah, and to that, me. That's, that is like, creatively bankrupt.
0: Right. I agree. That's that's the, the biggest problem that I have with it. I don't know. I don't know what I look. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. But there's a lot of things that have me scratching my head when it comes to booking of this company. Um, and again, you could hand wave a lot of stuff previously because you still had the the, the heavyweight title that wasn't an issue. But now they're fucking with that big time. The, the thing that gives it the, its its allure, they're fucking with that. Now everything's on the table for me. Uh, I will I will pick at every fucking turn the booking of this company.
1: We had Yuji Nagata defeating Suji in 30 minutes, 42 seconds with a backdrop hold. Uh I I like this one, but I thought, if anything, Suji was maybe a bit too ambitious in the number of sort of spectacular and complex Jave, uh, you know, lucha libre style moves he was going for. Because he's a big lad and he's a sort of wrestler I want to see just laying into people and chopping them and, and suplexing them. But he was trying to do some quite intricate stuff that looked a bit clunky in the execution.
0: Yeah, I agree. And maybe that's just a, a thing where he's just trying it out, right? He's just trying some new things and he's in the ring with the guy that he trusts to be able to try those things. I mean, I mean, if that's what he wants to kind of sh- shake the rust off, that's what I took it as, like as a guy who, is going to try some new things as opposed to just, you know, Boston Crab, leg lock, arm bar, safe, safe, but solid Young Lions stuff, you know, um, and, and and I agree it, it didn't really land with me, but that's what I took it as. I took it as a guy who's just trying to experiment with new stuff in the ring with a guy that he trusts.
1: We had a main event of Sanada defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 25 minutes, 18 seconds with a rounding body press. Uh, Jeremiah says, Ishii is the greatest? question mark. That's the question. Uh, J.K.F.A. faces who wins the staring contest between Sanada and Ishii? Uh, this was a match that I really, really enjoyed. And I suspected I would because I, I think sort of stylistically Ishii is the kind of person with the, the pace and the intensity that would push sanada to have a more interesting style of match i think you, you maybe could have shaved five minutes off this one but if wherever i think this is the most emotion and passion and fire we're ever going to get from sanada he was really trying here he it, you know he wasn't executing it brilliantly because you know the the, 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 the standard spots of doing the fighting spirit kicking out at one or, or no selling a, a suplex and just getting back up. That's got to be accompanied by a little scream and ah—to for, for it to work. And Sanada just wasn't doing that. He just, you know, gets suplex and then gets straight back up. So I could see what he was going for, even if it wasn't executed with the requisite level of emotion. But, you know, this, this is Sanada. I've, I've given up expecting him to do things that I don't think he's capable of doing. But that said, I thought this is one of his best matches in recent memory I I think the 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 match prior to this which I I guess we'll put on that level was be that when he beat Okada in the G1 a couple of years ago so I thought he really tried hard here even though it wasn't you know 100% successful with what he was trying to go for but uh, the the execution was really good there weren't any big botches in the match and I just thought that the two played off each other really well I thought Ishii sort of pushed Sanada to show uh, a level of fire that we don't usually get from him that's the thing. That's
0: ex- you, you nailed it. Like Ishii pushed the pace on that one. And Sonata was the guy who had to keep pace in this match because Ishii was dictating it. Um, which is a good thing, which is exactly what we wanted because if it were flipped, we would have absolute snooze orama rama Um, yeah, look, as much as I'd love to fucking hand wave Sonata, this was a good match. Um, but let's give credit where credit is due ishi helped drive that pace um and if he didn't we'd be in we'd be talking a different tune
1: I was thinking, like, if I was a professional wrestler and I was wrestling Sonado, what would I do to try and get the best out of him? And I think it would be very similar to what Ishii did, where he's, you know, he's just slapping him in the face and kicking him and be like, come on, like, sort of borderline shooting on him. Stay in him, come on, you fucker. Come on, show me something. You've got everything. You've got all the tools. You've got the companies behind you. You've got the look. You've got the body. Just fucking show me something, you know? Put those pieces together and show me that you give a shit. So... Uh, yeah, credit to Ishii for doing that I think sometimes that that kind of uh, chemistry doesn't work against certain wrestlers like, or, or it just gets too much like if he's doing it against a, a, a Shingo or a Goto sometimes that, that sort of stuff can get a bit played out uh, can be quite exhausting but I thought it, it really worked here against the more languid uh, style of Sanada uh, let's talk then about David Finley defeating Chase Owens in 11 minutes 20 seconds via roll up uh this yeah. this was good yeah. I, I liked it it was fine, um, yeah, it was fine. the, the most mo- notable thing was Finley's post-match promo I don't know if you saw it where he says he's uh, entitled to a, a shot at the Texas Heavyweight Championship but that would have to be defended in Texas and he doesn't want to go to Texas because they've got rid of their their uh, compulsory mask wearing legislation so uh, <laughs> that was my favourite part of the match the match was yeah, good I liked
0: it it was fine the problem is is that I, it was hard to me to fucking get too too amped up over it it was okay it was fine I I mean I wish I wish I had more to tell you but uh, it was fine
1: all right uh, we have Yoshihashi defeating Yujiro Takahashi in 15 minutes 50 seconds via Karma Uh, Damon a lot of people will might say to the contrary but this was absolutely 100% a match that happened in the New Japan Cup first round. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That's all I've got to say about this match. It happened.
0: Right? You're not not into, uh, you know,
1: fired up Yoshihashi, getting a big win over... It was there. uh, They they got into the ring and they wrestled a a professional wrestling match. Yoshihashi won in 15 minutes. He pinned Yujiro Takahashi and it finished. And Yoshihashi went through to the next round. And I I will die on that hill. No one can argue against that. (laughs) Fifteen minutes, by
0: the way. Yeah, I mean we couldn't make this an eater I know. I agree. I, I'm with you. Go ahead. Uh, I, listen uh, to me. The highlight of the past, you know that that tenth was that on the tenth that of that tenth show is this match coming up? Is is
1: Hanare and Jay White? All right, talk, talk to me about Hanare and Jay White then. So Jay White winning in 24 minutes 46 seconds by Blade Runner.
0: Um, I'm going to give you one thought on Hanare. I didn't think Hanari was going to win. But there were moments in this match where, where you think, okay, he's going to pull it off. And that's all that I asked, right? That's all that I asked um, is to just give me tastes of that. Um, I loved – I'm disappointed that the company and, – and again, injuries – Happened, um, but injuries happen to lots of people in this company. Um, logistics of him living in New Zealand and getting back and forth—I get it. I wish they would show a little commitment to the guy. I wish I, because I, because I feel like of of anybody on this roster, Hinare is one guy that I just feel like is overlooked constantly constantly like the biggest fear that I had months ago was when we would talk about Hinare, and we would say you know he's at a point where he's got to do it right now and if he doesn't then he's got young lions that are breathing down his neck that are out on excursion that are that are going to lap him that's happened already that's happened already I don't know I don't know what benefit it is for Hanare to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling anymore. Like because I don't think the company feels like they have a a valuable commodity in Hanare. And I would disagree. And I think I feel like he would be better suited in another company in in a where he would be appreciated more. Now, I'm not saying Hanare is the next fucking coming of Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I'm not even saying that he deserved to get a win here, right? But I just posed the question of what is next for Hanare because I don't see anything in the future that would, that would indicate to me that he's a guy that the company feels solid on, and I think it's time for him to move on.
1: Maybe you should go to Strong Damon. I mean, I do agree with you. And and Hanari did cut a promo, a really passionate promo that I would recommend people check out. Basically, saying everything that you said. Like you know, he's made huge sacrifices to stay with the company as Esther is trying to grab the microphone and yank it off the table. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he's he's made huge sacrifices to stay with New Japan um, and missed out on a lot of big things in his personal life. To be there at the dojo, but he's just—he's getting nothing, and he's just, you know, on his knees saying, "What do I have to do to get to that next level?" Um, he is better than a lot of people in that company who get pushed. So, yeah, I—you know—we're not going to see him again to World Tag League, probably in a meaningful competition. That's it. That—that—that's his annual singles match in the New Japan Cup. And guess what? It's the same as it was last time with him losing. So. I'm I'm scratching my head at this moment and yeah I think your concerns are, are well founded at this point um, I mean as far as the match itself goes Jeremiah says is there a bigger breadth of enjoyment than that between interference in Jay White matches and interference free Jay White matches uh, George says Hinari White felt like the first time White was clearly the ring general of the match and he did a terrific job watching White develop throughout the years has been a masterclass on how to build a star um, I mean this is kind of talking about Hinari like he's you know some green wrestler who's straight out of the dojo he's not you know he's been wrestling quite a long time now I mean what 2016 was it when he was a a young lion so this is not I I know he's had his injuries and and unfortunate events that meant he's been out of New Japan when ideally would have been there but he's a fairly experienced wrestler at this point and at some point, you just got to think, you know, you've got to stop waiting around thinking, oh, well, th- this is going to be the year where they pull the trigger on him. Oh, It's going to happen this year because it's, it's not happening in 2021. Just put it that way. I don't think so nope. anyway.
0: Nope. And, and again, I'm just going to throw out a name. And it's not – I'm not saying it to spite another person by any stretch. But I'm just trying to get a comparison, right? David Finley. Do you think David Finley is higher in the pecking order than Hanare?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Finley's a guy yes. who's won won the World Tag League. He's had Wrestle Kingdom t- tag title matches. Yeah, D- David Finley's definitely above him.
0: Right, had a cup of coffee with the with the uh, World Tag Team Championship, um, and you know it's it's he's had injuries too. You know, it's not like we we could sit there and blame the injury uh, for Hanare. Um and 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 i don't necessarily feel in in my, my eye test that hanare is any worse than david finley and again you can't push everybody i understand that i understand that trust me i do but he's a guy that has every time you think he's going to get an opportunity every time you think that ah, there's a chance and they're kind of, they're, they're, they might be putting him on the fire a little bit. And again, we're not, I'm not saying he's going to fucking challenge for the, the world title here. But again, put him in a program that is at least meaningful, but have him something to do, give him something to
1: fucking show up for. And I don't even do that. Now, let me ask you this, David: Give me percentage chance that Henari's is in the G1 this year. Zero.
0: Zero. He hasn't been in, he, it's, it's a running gag that he's, that he's not in it. You know what I mean? Like, zero. I mean, let's put it this way. Who do you take out in, of G1 and put Hanare in?
1: Yeah, I can't see it happening either. Barring, you know, some misfortune hitting, what, at least five wrestlers in the main roster would have to be struck down with injury before he got a look in.
0: Yeah, that's a shame to me. Because there, there were a time like again. You need guys to go over, like seriously. Uh, 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 last year, Yujiro was was the guy looking at the lights more often than not, and there were a couple other guys that had losing records as well. You can't put Hanare in that spot. I don't know. Just I, 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 look. I, I'm not sitting here banging the drum for Hanare because. Um, you know, he wrote me a check. I'm banging on a drum because I just like, we don't even know. He's never even been given the opportunity to, to do well. And we got guys that have been given opportunities that haven't done it like smashingly. He's never even been given the opportunity
1: to do well. Um, and he so, tries so, so hard, doesn't he? And you can see there's some people on the roster who clearly take their spot for granted. They know they're always going to be there but Hanare's right. just like busting his ass to, to do his absolute best night in night out. And there's nothing to show for it. You mean to tell me we can't give him a main event on any one of these shows
0: at Corican and, and just fucking give him a win over somebody like you're willing to give Toriyano a fucking roll up on great Okan. And you're not willing to give fucking Hanare a pinfall over. Pff, I don't know. Fucking somebody chase Owens. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean like we can't do that come on I mean that's that's the sort of Jay White I mean Jay White's great he's always great and I just just enjoy the little things from him like after the he beat Hanari, he was just being an absolute dick he was telling Gabe to take away Hanare's ice pack and come and bring it to him. And he said, if yeah. you don't, I'm gonna go after all three of you young lines. I'll catch one of you and it'll be your fault. <laughs> <It's> just just an <laughs> absolute prick. It's just so fun to watch. I'm never gonna get bored of that. I, I know we're looking for some sort of progression from Jay White, but if he does continue to be a heel, then I will still find it entertaining. But um that was it. That was the first round in the New Japan Cup. Um maybe do a few questions before we get out of here. I, I was gonna preview the second round, but I, I think our picks still stand from when we did our pick I'm last week so we we expect the same people to go through i haven't changed my mind about any of those um so wrestling with my girl says what's new japan slash ghetto's goal with all the ref abuse it's mostly heels but sometimes faces uh, seems opposite and there's no logical payoff to any of it does new japan treat main events uh, mostly too similarly near 30 minutes or over strike exchange near falls, etc house shows don't need epic so what are your thoughts on these um tropes that are Starting to become more and more regular. Have they always been there, or are they just starting to look more apparent because there's so much content? That I mean, I think
0: it's always been there. If we, for the past couple of years, it's been that way for sure. And by past couple of years, I mean like you know five, six, seven years. Um, and again, I, I think the the ref bump things and the ref abuse things are seem a little bit more frequent that's for sure um but we've been talking about it for for weeks and months um main events don't need to be 35 minutes they don't need to be epics um there's nothing wrong with a with a with a champion beating a challenger in 15 minutes and saying i'm the better guy Right? there's nothing wrong with that um occasionally um there's nothing wrong with heels not having to Resort to ref bumps every fucking match. Um, faces abusing refs. I mean, you know, it happens. I, I mean, I, I, but yeah, all those things are are common threads that have made their way in New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and they've and they and they've kind of always been there. Don't get me wrong; they've always been there, but sometimes they race to the surface a little bit more than others. And we're in a spot in the in the history of the company where it's 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 noticeable.
1: Elliot says, Okada's face when he's at 3% energy on his back, almost defeated, dazed and staying straight ahead with a faraway look in his eye. I think that's my favorite facial selling in pro wrestling. Do any other wrestlers come to mind in this regard?
0: That is good. He is good. I mean, we just talked about Shingo. He's about the only. Yeah, I was going to say my, my like...
1: Shingo nearly tapping out face is one of my favorites. I like I, the my my least favorite
0: thing in pro wrestling has become hit my big move kick out and the shocked look on the face. Like I, I'm beginning to really hate that. Like it's just okay. Um, I do like. I think the guy with the best facial expressions in pro wrestling is Zach. Like I feel like Zach has that shit down perfectly of even when he's in trouble like the look on his face and he's looking around looking for a fucking opening um when he's when he's in control of the cocky dickhead um even when he's not in control the calm look on his face of again just looking for openings um his selling I think is tremendous um I think Zach's the best when it comes to facial expressions
1: Jamie says, is Despy the future of New Japan's junior heavyweights? I don't think he's the future. I think he's the present, and that is a compliment. I think he is the guy who's can. he been given the ball, and he's going to run with it this year. Uh, future, I don't know. Who, who's to say? Because he's not the youngest guy, but he doesn't have the sort of mileage on his body that uh, a lot of his contemporaries do, though. So I'm saying future, and, and I'll tell you why.
0: Would... would... Will Desperado be in the situation he's in right now if it wasn't for Hiromo's injury? No, he wouldn't. Right. Okay. So the company, you know, called an audible due to the injury, and they, I think they picked the right guy, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if the company was like, okay, Desperado's our guy, as opposed to, fuck, our guy is on the shelf for six months. We need to find a, a one A Desperados or Guy. And there's a difference. So no. I mean, he can be the future if he if he does uh remarkable, yes, absolutely. Could they build him to be a challenger for Horomo to to really pop some houses for real? Yes, they could. I believe that. But to sit here and say that they pigeoned they they you know had the idea of El Desperado being the guy to lead this this division in 2021 I don't think that's the case
1: James says what's the most disappointing ending to a New Japan show you remember? Dominion 2019 comes to mind but I'm sure there are better examples out there Uh, I mean Wrestle Kingdom 12 is a big one I mean disappointing for Naito fans and I think a lot of people were just very shocked by that ending Um, I don't know, would you classify that as disappointing? You got a better example? I mean that's a disappointing, um, for sure.
0: Um, I think the people in the house for when Hogan won the uh, IWGP tournament um, and knocked out Anoki, um, maybe some people were disappointed in that. Um, I think the Ricky Choshu stuff where they fucked everybody, they built up that match forever, and then they screwed him over by bringing Invader. That <laughs> the, the the riot at Sumo Hall may have something to do with that disappointment um so yeah there were other things that people were disappointed and and felt like they were fucked over but um
1: yeah i would put them on the top of the list uh pd says question for david what's your who's your favorite wrestler from mid-south finally checked out after hearing you talk about it over the years and it's awesome i'm sorry you broke up you broke up what was the question i'm sorry. PD says, question for Damon: Who's your favorite wrestler from Mid South? Finally checked it out oh, after okay. hearing you talk about it over the years, and it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome.
0: It's 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 old school territory wrestling. Um, my favorite from that time period, DiBiase was pretty great. Dick Murdoch was really good too during during the Mid South run. Midnight's were great. That like the tag team such things were, were 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 fucking awesome. So yeah, you know, rock and rolls. Uh, was probably the biggest one, but even like, um, even like Junkyard Dog and Bill Watts and um, you know, like UWF was pretty like when Mid South tried to expand to become UWF and that '86 area. Oh my God, Freebirds! I loved uh, John Tatum and Eddie Gilbert and Missy Hyatt and Jack Victory. I love those guys. Fantastic. Are fantastic. Um, best, one of the, maybe, uh, no. argue, I mean, rock and rolls is probably top of the list, but Babyface Tag Team Fantastics were really good. I know I sound like Joe Lanza here, but absolutely. Uh, Freebirds were unbelievable. Terry Gordy was so fucking good. Um, and even like their big man feuds, like Gordy and Doc and One Man Gang and Duggan, DiBiase, that whole mix. I don't know. You can fucking go for days from Mid-South. Um, and that whole run, like 82 to like 86, 87, there's always good shit. And, and they were getting they were getting guys just plucked left and right by WWE, WWF at the time. Duggan, big star Mid-South, gone. Junkyard, big star, gone. Butchery, big star, gone. DiBiase, big star, gone. Like they were just getting fucking poached. And they still found ways to to at least try to tread water. And then they would bring in other guys and away we went. So, yeah, I mean, as much as you look back on shit and things don't necessarily land with um, how the world is today, pro wrestling-wise, Mid-South is really fucking great. Really great, just episodic pro wrestling. That stuff that made sense. And even in the goofy world of pro wrestling and I don't know, just really one of my favorite territories and my favorite times. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, let's call it a day there. So redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, very much appreciate it. Thank you everyone who has done so. Uh, we, we appreciate you thank you very much Um, and if you want to shout out just let us know that you did it and happily give you a name check on the show discord link is in the show notes if you want to get one of our t-shirts you can go to at Cobra Kawaii or ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast big thank you to editor Dan find him on Twitter at LousyHero219 subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows give us a five snake review on iTunes follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast thank you everyone for listening and goodbye